Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbury. Hello, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us for this 23rd episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury, and it's wonderful to be here. I am thankful that all of you are here. I want to say thank you to everybody who is tuning in, who is passing the show around by word of mouth or on social media. It's really, really making a difference. Our listener downloads are increasing Specifically, over the last three episodes, we have gained so many more listeners, and I want to thank you all. You are all the cause of that. Spreading this by word of mouth, social media, however you're doing it, continue doing that. I want to thank you. Of course, we can be found on all the major podcast hosting sites, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iTunes, things like that. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening But of course, we're always at the home station at perception.fireside.fm. There, for you new people, you can always, for free, go back and listen to all of the old shows. And I admit that they were a little bumpy, but we're now getting into the routine of this and figuring out how it all goes, and I'm getting more comfortable. But definitely go back. There are some gems to listen to. I hope that you have a chance to do that. So, while we're talking about social media... Let me ask you this. Who has taken part in the Face app nonsense? You know, they're telling us that that's the way that Russia is getting all of our information and it's going to hurt in the 2020 election because they have all of our information and they can make fake accounts and information based on us or a hacker acting as us. I'll let you know that I fell victim to it and I use the service, so I imagine they will be using your information and my information to make fake profiles and trying to get fake news in front of everybody in America over the next year during the 2020 presidential election. So we'll have to deal with that for the next year. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, then where the heck have you been? You've apparently not been on social media. Face app is an application that allows you to take a picture of yourself or upload a picture. It lets you make it old or young. And apparently this is what the Russians are using to gain access to all of our crap. It is also what I am basing tonight's episode on, kind of. So, keep with me here for a second. In talking to one of the producers about the 23rd episode, 
we were talking about how FaceApp makes you look old and it's letting older people make themselves look young and, you know, it's kind of playing around with all of that. We got to talking about politicians before and after they're in office. And as you all know, they always compare what the president looks like before he goes in with what he looks like after he comes out of office. Now, in that interim, eight years or four years have passed, so people are aging. Of course, you're definitely older eight years from now, whether you're president or not. But the stress that comes with being in public office does do quite a bit to a person, and that's just common sense. You know, being a police officer, being a fireman, being a doctor, uh, being a mayor, being a senator, being the president, those can be stressful positions, working in the public, being a public servant, an elected official, an appointed official, that comes with a bit of stress. And so it can prematurely age you. It can make you look rougher than what you normally would have. And that kind of got us talking. One of the producers of the show, Kate Thornburg, and I were talking about, you know, how stress plays on elected officials. And from our position, those of us that are wanting to engage our community, citizens out here that are wanting to keep our officials honest, citizens who might be looking to running for office, you know, that's the whole deal. You know, keep in mind, one of the tag lines or the phrases for this show is better government through citizen involvement. And I want citizens to know what I mean by that. We need to keep informed. We need to ask questions. We need to expect answers. We need to definitely vote and keep track of the people that we vote for. Are they continuing in office doing what we're putting them there for? Or are they doing something different, and so that needs to be reviewed? But beyond that, there is a segment of us that will have to continue deciding, hey, I want to put my hat in the ring, and I want to run for office. I mean, we need people to do that. If we don't have people to run for office, then we're in trouble. I mean, look at Henry County. They did not have a primary election a couple months ago in May because there were no contested races. Primary elections are when you have more than one Republican or more than one Democrat that wants to run. And there were none so they just didn't have a primary election. Now, it's good that they didn't waste the money and have an election that wasn't needed. But the point is, the bigger issue is that nobody felt that it was important enough to run. Nobody was impassioned enough. Nobody was outraged Nobody cared enough. They were all apathetic and said, eh, somebody else will do it. 
And that's the point of this show, is informing you out there that nobody's coming to save us. Nobody is coming to help us. We are on our own. And if we don't take the steps to keep our officials honest, transparent, and hold them accountable, and a certain amount of us don't step up to the plate and heed the call, then we're in trouble. Because the bad guys will always be there to run. The bad guys are always going to be in line. And having good citizens that are willing to answer the call to serve without having those good citizens, we allow the bad to prosper. And it's having those citizens that are willing to stand up that stops the corruption, that stops the dirty politics and the broken government, and in some aspects, the organized crime that we've been seeing. And so we need to be really cognizant of the fact that, yes, we need people to run. We need people to step up and say, you know what? I think I would like to run for city council. I'm going to take the challenge and I'm going to run for office. We need that. But I want to caution you that it is stressful. There is a lot that goes into it. I can tell you from my own experience in Winchester, we had a city council member who resigned and I I think she wants to place that blame on me and said that it was too stressful. First of all, if you're an official, that means you've ran for office. Nobody held a gun to your head. You filed the paperwork. Nobody filed that on your behalf. You filed that yourself and put your name in to run. So you were either extremely naive or stupid and did not know what that entailed, or you're full of shit. And so in this episode, I want to examine just what the stress includes, what kind of stress you're looking at as an official, because I want citizens that want to run for office to be prepared. And they need to realize it's not always going to be fun and games. There are going to be people who are going to say things about you, whether it's right or wrong, and there are going to be people who are not willing to be civil and engage in civil discourse. And there's also going to be people who might not agree with you that are still engaging civilly, And you have to be able to take it. The right, the good, the bad, and everything. So we're going to look at that tonight and talk a little bit about stress and then talk a little bit about kind of what's going on in these communities as we round out the 23rd episode of Perception is Reality. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. 
All right, you heard it, folks. This is Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury. We can be found on all podcast hosting sites or at the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Okay, in today's episode, episode 23, we're talking about the stress of running for public office. And it doesn't matter if we're talking office of the president or we're talking about state government offices or your county offices or the local city municipal elections or even town office. There will be stress. And honestly, even if you're talking about anybody that works in the public, somebody that works at a restaurant or somebody that works in the service industry, there is going to be stress of various types. But working in the public sector where you're an official a police officer, a fireman, or an elected or appointed official, you're going to have a whole different type of stress. Now, throw into it politics and the fact that people are mistrusting and that a group of the population doesn't like you because of the letter behind your name and the letter that they associate with themselves, whether or not that's really valid or not in local government, and you really have a situation in which there is a lot of stress there. And I just want people to be prepared because, I'll be honest, I feel as though we have a lot of officials in office all over the place that don't understand that they have to be willing to take what comes at them that they are in this position because they chose to be. This is not like a job that you pick, like working at a factory or being a ticket taker at the movie theater or being a chef. This is a job you chose to do. Nobody forced you to take that position. So when you get citizens wanting to make sure that you're being above board, that you're being honest, that you're being truthful, and they're trying to hold you accountable, and they're wanting records. It's nothing personal. It's just what it is. And so we have so many people in office that when you start asking questions and trying to do our jobs as good citizens... They start getting defensive and upset, and they do things like resign and say it's because of all the stress. Well, hello, what did you think was going to happen? You know, I don't know what fairy tale, naive world that you live in, but this is the real world. And specifically, when you're doing things that are questionable, yeah, you're going to be called out. And if you can't take it, then you need not apply. And that's why I want to arm the listeners. I want to arm all of you because there are folks that are listening to this that are currently running for office. There are folks that are listening to this that will run for office. And I want you to be prepared that whatever side you are, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party, whatever... There are folks out there that are of a different way of thinking than you. Even if you're doing right, 
you know, there there can sometimes in politics be two right answers. And just because you have the right answer in your mind and that your people think, there might be another way of looking at it. And you will get called out about it. And you have to be able to take it. That's part of the job. That is just part of it. And you have to be able to put up with it. But one way to look at this is by looking back at the Founding Fathers. If you look back at the Founding Fathers, they wanted public service to be something that anybody and everybody could do. A representative government. So if you were a farmer or a lawyer or a doctor, you could leave your profession and go serve you know, in the United States government as a congressman or a senator or on the local and state levels you could serve and still do your job or go away from it a little bit and serve and then come back. You didn't obviously go into government for a lifetime career. Now some people are good at what they do and they run for council and then they run for mayor and then they might run for state representative and that's good because we need people to do that but not everybody's going to do that. It's okay for people to run for office, serve their time, and then leave office. And I mention this because I hear people say a lot of times, well, I can't run for office. I, I'm not political. I, I don't know anything about this. Well, the first time anybody runs for office, they don't know anything about the job. If you've been involved with politics for a long time and you've never ran and that's a, it's a massive hobby of yours and an understanding and you run, yeah, you're probably going to be a little bit better suited than somebody who gets pissed off and starts attending the meetings and then doesn't get the answers they want and they decide to run. But just because you're better suited from the start doesn't mean that you're going to be a better official all the way around. Because the person that gets mad and decides to run might very well be a wonderful elected official. Nothing prepares you to be an elected official. And nothing makes you better or worse than anybody else except for if you're doing right by your community and those that elected you and common sense. That's what makes a good official. And what you've got to keep in mind is nobody in office right now was an expert on that office and knew what was going on until they got in that office. So the first time that, for example, the mayor of Winchester, Sean Byram, took office, he didn't know what he was doing. That was the first time he ever held office. So it took him a while to get an understanding. Now, I will contend he's never been a good mayor but it still took him time to understand at least even what he understood of it. And you will have that. You will have people who get in office and either just never figure it out, don't have a clue what they're doing, and will mess it up. Or you'll get people who will get in office and do what they want to do on purpose because they have ulterior motives. And you'll have that too. For the majority, people get in office, and it's not just like you don't have any help. The state puts on training for newly elected office holders, and there are people out there that will help you, and you just learn your position, and it's reading and a little bit of time, and you've got to be willing to put 
that effort into it. So anybody can run. I don't like hearing someone say, well, what's that person doing running? They've never held office. Well, no kidding. The founding fathers, that's what I started saying here. You have to look back to the founding fathers because they wanted the government to be representative of the people. Meaning, you were a farmer and you left the farm and you went and ran for council or for representative and you served some time in the government and you represented people like you in your community and then after that term and that time in office, you left and went back to the farm. If you were a lawyer, yeah, you know the laws and you're probably good at research and, and studying and note-taking and, and meetings and understanding what should and shouldn't be said, but you leave your practice and you go spend some time in local government, and then you get out and you give somebody else a chance. So nobody is perfect for politics. We're all in the same boat, and it just takes being willing to stand up and do the right thing and say, you know what, enough's enough, I will run and I will serve my community and my people. Now, some people are really good and they decide to move on. They might run for a different office. They might go for council. Then they might run for mayor. And, and those positions are good and, and we need people to do that. But we also need people to run, do their time, and then get the hell out. But in doing that, you have to be aware of the stress that comes with the job. Because there is stress. You're going to have people that disagree with you. If you're in a position where you're a Republican or, or a Democrat, or say you're a Libertarian, you automatically have people that don't like you because you're a Republican or a Democrat or Libertarian or whatever else, and they are the opposite of whatever you are. So they immediately think that because you're on different sides of the aisle, that there are issues. And now that's just one more thing I'm trying to do with this podcast, which is teach citizens that this is not a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian thing. It's a common sense, do the right thing for each of our communities thing. We can all come together. On the local level, party doesn't really mean anything. On the local level, it means who's going to help you put your signs out. It means who's going to donate money to you. But it doesn't have anything to do with policy or decisions that you're making for your local town, city, county, that community. It doesn't have anything to do with that. And so we need to definitely understand that you can be a Democrat and work with Republicans when you're on the council. And you could be a Libertarian and work with the Republicans and Democrats. Because on the local level, it just doesn't matter. We're not dictating national policy. We're not talking about Second Amendment rights. And we're not talking about abortion laws. And we're not talking about whether or not illegal immigration is something. We're talking about paving the roads, picking up the trash, keeping police and fire protection. Trying to build infrastructure, repair infrastructure, and trying to build the economy. But, there are always going to be people that disagree with you. And when you're an elected official, you're going to have people that are mad. 
You're going to have people that are coming up and talking to you and yelling at you. And you know what? You don't get to block them out. You don't get to shut them down. You don't get to block them on social media. When somebody comes in and tells you you're stupid, you just have to really take it. Now, I do think that we as citizens should be nicer to the elected officials. We can hold them accountable without being dirty. We can hold them accountable without getting personal. We can do all of this without cursing and yelling and carrying on. Now, I understand sometimes it requires you to get a little heated and civil engagement and having civil discourse can sometimes get heated and I do what I can to let people know that is okay as long as you're matching the opponent and you're you're meeting. Now, that doesn't mean get nasty if they're getting nasty. It doesn't mean to go low if they go low. But it means sometimes the things that we discuss are important and sometimes passion gets involved. We might lose our temper, but you got to do your best to back it down. But the thing is, the candidates and the officials in those positions need to understand they are there serving us. We put them there. I always hated hearing someone tell police, I pay your salary. It's very true. Everybody pays taxes, but that police officer pays taxes as well, so he pays his own salary. I, I don't talk I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that kind of deal. But I'm saying when I've got a question of a representative, by God, I expect an answer. And if you're unwilling to communicate, then I'm gonna fire your ass by going to the voting booth and voting for the next person besides you who will more likely represent my needs or the needs of the community. As an elected official, you need to understand that you are working for your bosses. You're working for the people of the community. And you just have to understand that we're going to demand answers from you and we expect honesty and communication and transparency and we're going to hold you accountable and sometimes that's stressful even when you're the good guy it is stressful the bottom line is when you're an elected official you have to listen to your community to your constituents to the press to the folks that are holding you accountable the folks that are asking you questions, the folks that are wanting communication, you're there to be the gatekeeper of the public's information. It's the public's information, and they have a right to ask, and you have a duty to answer. And you don't get to block them out. You don't get to turn your back. You don't get to shut them down. You don't get to keep them out of meetings. You don't get to not give them public documents. You don't get to send emails and text messages 
back and forth detailing public business between you as a council member and, say, a police officer in a negotiation, and then keep that private. You don't get to do things like that. Remember, we all lost our heads over the Hillary Clinton emails where she deleted however many emails because those are the public's, not yours. If you want to keep secrets, that's fine. Don't be a politician because as a politician, as a council member, as a state representative, as the president, you don't get to have secrets like that. Now, there is a man that has been an elected official. He is also now a watchdog journalist, a political commentator, that I love to hear his input on this very topic. His name is Rob Kendall. He is a producer. He has several different shows. He interacts on several different political shows on a radio station in Indianapolis, 93.1 WIBC. His name's Rob Kendall. Before he was the political commentator, this investigative journalist, or whatever you want to call him, whatever he wants to call himself, before he was that, he was a council member on a town board in a fairly large community down around Indianapolis. And he has a wonderful outlook on being an elected official and communicating with the public. And now I want to go to Rob's comments during a visit to another podcast he was on that I just thought absolutely sums it up perfectly. I sat in a chair where every second and fourth Thursday of the month for four years, I allowed people to come up and say whatever they wanted to me twice a meeting. We're the most transparent government in the state of Indiana. Twice a meeting, beginning and end, you come up and say whatever the hell you want. You got three minutes. You better make it good. I was called a rapist, a Hitler, all sorts of things. Never bothered me. So I don't have a problem saying this stuff to people's faces because I lived it. I let people do it because it was my responsibility as an elected official. Now, that was Rob Kendall, the former town council member for Brownsburg, Indiana Town Council. He is currently a producer for The Chicks on the Right, and he has a podcast and his own Rob Kendall show on 93.1. He works with a lot of other people in radio and podcasts. He was actually on the Libertarians podcast, We Are Libertarians, hosted by Chris Spangle. That was episode 334 called Leaving the Republican Party, if you want to check that out. But that was Rob Kendall talking about what he let the citizens from the community do at the meetings to him as an official. He let them come up and say whatever. And now he was using the extremes there, saying all the bad things that happened, but what he's talking about is allowing his constituents, his community, to express themselves to him. Now, do you want to talk about stress? Yeah, it's stressful. I don't have any doubt that my city council has been stressed out in the last four years because I've been on their ass. Now, they've really turned it around. We had probably the worst council member resign, thank God. And if she wants to blame me, 
I'll gladly wear that badge because she was horrible at her job. Now, there are some people in other communities that I believe that I've had a hand in helping show the door. And I'm happy about that as well and happy for the people of Gaston. Now we're working in Muncie exposing the corruption and dirty politics and nastiness that's going on there. And believe me, we're not anywhere close to being done and we're still going where that's concerned. But I'm telling you, as an official, if you're a bad guy, it's got to be really stressful. But even if you're one of us, if you're the good guy, it's going to be stressful. And you need to know that, and you need to be prepared. And some people can handle it, some people cannot. Some people have thick skin, and some people do not. I'm just telling you that if you run for office, and you have thin skin, it's going to be hell dealing with it. But you need to be prepared, and you need to be understanding of the fact that you're in that position because you chose to be. So if you don't want to be there, leave. Step down, resign, give your seat up, don't run for re-election, and leave. If you can't handle it, don't file to run. That's just common sense. I mean, this is not rocket science, honestly. This government stuff, being an elected official, being a leader, obviously takes leadership ability, and not everybody is a leader. That is very, very clear. But being able to be part of a team, specifically if like you're a representative or if you're a council member, it takes being able to follow directions, being able to follow the law, which is in black and white, letting you know what you can do, what you can't do, what others around you can do, being able to have a good moral compass that points you in the directions that you need to go, telling you the difference between right and wrong, having the ability to communicate, being willing to be open and honest, being willing to be transparent and understanding that you work for the citizens of your community, that they elect you to do the job that you're doing, and that when they don't agree with what you're doing, you better have some damn good explanation for it, and if you don't, you understand that you run the risk of being booted out of office. This all just takes common sense. But even the best official is going to have stress because this is just a stressful job. It's just, that's the nature of the beast. And so you have to be able to maneuver that. You have to be able to have an outlet. You have to have good people that you can talk to. You have to have good partnerships and friendships with your other elected officials people of both parties, people of all parties, you have to have a good team, a good campaign committee, you have to have good friends and people in the community who you trust and that who trust you 
and you should be able to blow off steam and you should be able to communicate thoughts and ideas back and forth. You should be able to ask for help. And if you're working for your community to make your community the best place to live, work, and play, doing what you can to make that area of your world the best that it can be, then that's all anybody could ever ask of you. And you will always be better off. Doesn't mean you won't have stress. Just means you won't have as much. And what does come your way, you'll be able to handle. Now, a quick message for those that are in office that are doing wrong. Yeah, you're going to have stress. And I promise to continue to apply that pressure And for those of us that are working together to better our local governments through our citizen involvement, we all are coming at you telling you, you better shape up or ship out or we're going to ship you out because we are not taking this any longer. And if you think that you're going to be corrupt and dirty and a criminal and leading us, You think again, because if the FBI don't get you in those cases, then we're going to vote your ass out and you're not going to be in the position where you're at anymore. For the communities where the FBI is not currently investigating, that means your officials aren't probably as bad as what's going on in Muncie. But I know everybody feels like their officials are bad and they, they might be. And if that's the case and they're not being jailed like what's going on in Muncie, then you have to do the work. And that is getting out to the polling places and voting after being informed and knowing what's at stake and who's running for what and making good and informed decisions. So if you're part of the broken local government, we're coming for you. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Okay, so before we wrap up and call it an episode, I do need to talk about a few quick points of interest. First of all, in old business. In old business, I do have a couple quick things I need to talk about. The first being an issue in Winchester, Indiana. There's a rumor going around that some craziness has occurred since we last dealt with Winchester, which would have been during the July meeting of the city council. After the council meeting, which was very tense, if you can recall, I talked about that. There was a budget workshop meeting and now there's a little bit of rumor flying around about how tense the meeting was between the mayor and the council and I'm working on a story for that so you're gonna have to stay tuned because I think it's pretty interesting what I'm hearing but I want to make sure that I've got my I's dotted and my T's crossed before we go anywhere with that. But the pressure and the stress that I've been talking about in this episode, 
I think, is coming to a head with our dear mayor, who, keep in mind, starts teaching school in just about two weeks' time. He will basically be an absent mayor for the remainder of his term in office. And then also in old business, I do need to bring up Gaston, Indiana, because I forgot to talk about Gaston during the last episode. So they suspended the police chief up there for discipline issues, insubordination, and he was put on suspension. And then right after that suspension, he was recorded outside the town council cussing and carrying on with a citizen about the town board members, and there were some other issues going on. So he has recently been suspended pending termination. Now, it's my opinion that they can just get rid of this employee because he hasn't been there the time that's required for them to do anything further. But we are still watching this, and we are still dealing with this, and I will give you more information as soon as we have it. But as of right now, he is on suspension, and we are talking about Chief David Rohde of the Gaston, Indiana Police Department. So stay tuned for more on that. Now in new business, we will head to Anderson, Fairmount and wrap up in Muncie. I've been asked by a couple people to look into the issue of the Anderson City police officer who was arrested. Apparently, this police officer was arrested for domestic battery, and his father happens to be the chief of police, and they are alleging some special treatment going on there, and it's kind of taken on a life of its own. I have not had a chance to look into it, But as it does pertain to local political corruption and abuses of power, I will be looking into this and at least bringing this to you either on this platform as an example of corruption everywhere or possibly on my Facebook live version of the show, which you can find at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook or by going to www.facebook.com backslash bilberry318. So stay tuned for that. And then moving north of Anderson, up in Grant County, is a small community called Fairmount. It's the home of James Dean. And up there, we're hearing a story of a township trustee that possibly stole some money. Her husband is currently on the town board there in Fairmount, and people in the town are asking him to resign. He's stating that he won't resign, and so people are asking us to look into that so we can determine what's going on there and bring that to you all as another example of officials trying to get away with something and corruption, broken local government, and People are wanting this to be exposed. And all this shows and all this proves is that our reach is widening and that more people are picking up on the channel, more people are listening, 
and they're wanting to express to everybody that, hey, this is what's going on, we're aware, we're engaged, we're involved, and we're wanting to better our government through our involvement. And so they're offering this as examples for everyone, and they're getting this to me. These are all stories that I'm getting emailed or text or called to me by sources that are giving their information by anonymous tips, which you are all welcome to do. And then wrapping up real quick in new business, I just wanted to talk about a quick topic that we're going to have more on both on this channel at the audio podcast and on the live version of the show. And that's going to be an issue in Muncie. And I really can't go into detail with it just yet. I figured I would be by this episode, but I'm still waiting for just one more piece of the puzzle. But I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that here in just short order, we're going to be talking about another level of corruption, another level of political dirt, of complete nonsense, a breakdown in decorum and the rules, and a complete violation of the public trust and I feel like when we get to this, it's really going to be a turning point. And it's really sick, sad, disgusting. And it's something that I feel like you all need to know. We're getting very close to being able to publish information about this incident. And I just want to let you know that we are working on something very, very big. I'm hoping within the week to be able to release it. So please... Share this show, share this information, get this out, because the last couple episodes have been building when I talked about the quiet before the storm, and I talked at last episode about the FBI stuff that went on last week not being what I was talking about. I have 80% of the information that I need. I'm still waiting for 20 more percent of it. And I already know what's coming. But I'm waiting for the hard copy, the hard factual, in my hands, tangible proof. And I will be breaking a story that's just absolutely disgusting. So that's based around some politics and some goings-on in Muncie, a community that really doesn't need anything more. So stay tuned for that, and I'll get that to you as soon as I possibly can. Perception, Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks. Well, that's our show. I want to thank you for listening, for tuning in. Remember, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey at perception.fireside.fm. Continue listening. Continue sharing the show. Thank you for all that you do. Until next time, be safe, God bless, and we'll talk to you real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality.
You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.